I want to talk to you this morning about breakthrough praising God. What? Praising God. The weapon of praise. I want to talk to you for a few moments on it. There are many places I can read from for launching this thought, but I have selected by the Holy Spirit's leading Psalm 150. Let us read it out loud together. It's only six verses. You look at the screen, look at the Bible, but everybody out loud together on the count of three. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Look, look, let me show you before you're seated. Look at this. Put it back on verse 1. If I can paraphrase it, here's what it means. Verse 1 means praise Him if you're here and praise Him if you're there. Verse 2 means praise Him if He's done this for you. Or praise Him if He's done that for you. His mighty acts is excellent greatness. Verses 3 and 4 talks about praising Him on different kinds of instruments. Actually, it's verse 5 also. So what it means is, if you can play any kind of instrument, praise Him. If all you can do is clash some cymbals, praise Him. And then verse 6 says, at everything you had breath, praise the Lord. What it means If you don't fall in any of the above five categories or five verses, if you are breathing, praise God that everything that had breath. Praise. Oh, my. Reach your hands in this direction. Ask God to help me preach. Come on. Help me preach by praying for me. Lord, I ask you today for more of your glory and more of your power. I ask you, God, for less of me. I pray that I won't feel like I have to massage this sermon and manipulate people and get people to do something in the flesh. I pray that the Holy Ghost would touch every one of us. You are already here, God. Not everybody may feel like a ten, but you put a ten on our head. Not everybody may feel like praising you, but praise is pleasant. It's good. It's what you receive. So I pray this morning that you would revive us through the power of your word and take us to a higher level of praise and glory so that we can defeat the greater forces that are against us than those that were before in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen Amen it is. And you may be seated. We thank you, Jesus. By the way, gentlemen, uh, while I know there's a class for you beginning on the 4th of February, Men's prayer resume tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, our regular Monday evening prayer time. And I didn't want to escape that thought from coming to you, lest perhaps you would participate. Our duty is to praise God, but praise is a weapon that the enemy does not want you to know its capacity. The Lord has given us tools, weapons... He has given us equipment to live above 
the temptations of the world and the flesh and the devil. But the devil does not want us to know them or to use them. Can I get an amen? Amen. The internet has opened up a lot of secrets of a lot of institutions and places that, uh, that we now know. And as a result of getting the information, we're doing better. For many times, and I don't mean this derogatory to those of you that work in the banking industry, but for a long time, banks held a certain degree of dominion and control over us because they kept secrets within the bank regarding fees and rates and all that kind of stuff. For for a long time, even attorneys kept some things among attorneys, and I'm not against attorneys. I've used them, need bankers and doctors. But freedom of information has gotten us to the place where we can educate ourselves. And there's some secrets that are out there that really shouldn't have been secrets, should have been knowledge for everybody so we could all be blessed. Can I get an amen? And even in the church, even in the church, there have been things that have been withheld from the knowledge of people so they don't get too much power, too much freedom. And what I'm saying is the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Amen? And I want to free you up this morning to know the power and the weapon of praising the Lord and for you to get your breakthrough. I come again today to tell you that all of us need a breakthrough or some breakthroughs in a area or an area or areas of our lives. I am telling you that the prayers that I fasted over and prayed for before last year and during last year and before our prayer time a couple weeks ago, some I am still in process of of it coming and receiving. And and I am not going then to just say, okay, I prayed and, and God is up to you. I am going to have to keep feeding those prayers with faith. And with praises and and building upon what's established by the knowledge of the Word of God. There are only two times. There are only two times in the Bible when you should praise the Lord. Only two times. No more and no less. And you'll get them as soon as I say them. Two times when you feel like it. Give yourself a hand clap. If you want to pay your bills and get a paycheck, there are only two times when you should go to work. When you feel like it. If you went to the doctor and you got a prescription and it's going to make you better, there are only two times when you should take your medicine. When you feel like it. I'm starting to preach already. Your mama and daddy tells you you ought to eat your vegetables because it's good for you. There's only two, there are only two times when you should eat your vegetables. You see where I'm going? But I'm back to praise. There are only two times when, when you should praise the Lord. And the power of the praising God is when the choir is running 90 miles an hour and you all sang it just then. And they're singing their best and they're glorifying God and praising God. And the glory comes down and the anointing comes down and the sway comes in our body and the step comes in our feet and we feel like it. And then there's another time when you get in that parking lot and you'd rather go left and the parking team says go right. You ought to praise God then also. Somebody help me praise God. Two times. You know, when I look at the book of Psalms, and you, many of you have read the book of Psalms many times, I think all the way through the book of Psalms, even in the most sorrow-laden passages of Psalms, you feel that you're walking on a smoldering volcano of praise. Uh, throughout Psalms, some areas are sprinkled, some areas are more intense, and other areas are overwhelming. 
Throughout the book of Psalms, there is this praise that keeps coming up in Psalms. It's liable to burst forth like a smoldering volcano anytime with great flames as we give gratitude to God in Psalms. But when you read the book of Psalms and you get closer to the end of the book of Psalms, it seems like the flames of praise moves from being a smoke to a burning fire. And here you have in the last few chapters of the book of Psalms, you have what seems like an orchestra of praise. Help me out here, somebody. I I like listening to music, and on many occasions I like listening to orchestra music. And I have on one of my stations preset in my car a a, a certain station that just plays orchestra music because it's just soothing and it's it's helpful. And then I like the highs, I like the lows, I like the cello and the bass and the violins and the drums, and I, I just like it all. And if you've ever been or seen an orchestra perform, you know that, that in this process of the conductor leading the orchestra, that as they come near to the end of the music or their performance, in many cases, the music climbs higher and higher. And the, and the tempo gets more intense. And, and, and the orchestra director, he signals to one player as the music ends, you come in now. He sings into another section, you come in now. As the music begins to crescendo, he calls upon the brass and he calls upon the bass and he calls upon the drum. And you see him pointing here and they come in, adding to those already in and pointing there and they come in and over here. And the next thing you know is that you have the crashing chords of an orchestra all in harmony no instrument is silent no instrument is dumb they're all reaching in a, a stupendous climax that causes you to rise up to your feet and give an applause because every chord and every note is sounding in a great ending of praise that's the way the book of psalms is uh, is it Psalm 148? I think I've asked him to put that on there for me. Go in your Bibles to Psalm 148. I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit and just let the Lord help us here this morning. I got so much of this praise stuff in me until I don't really know what to give you or not give you. I'm kind of in a little uh, 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 funk here this morning about what to leave out. Pray, uh, Psalm 148 verses 1 through 3 and following. Praise the Lord. Think about an orchestra and think about all of nature, okay, as, as instruments of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Leave it, leave it. Don't even change the slide. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. I'm just showing you that the morning rises and the day goes on. And and the Bible says uh, that if we don't praise the Lord, even the rocks will cry out. And the birds start singing and the praise is going up. And the breeze starts blowing. It's a form of praise to God. And then the sun begins to come over the horizon. And it's a form of praise to God. I I mean, the white clouds appear in the sky. And then the blue sky behind us a praise to God. And all the time before that happened, the heavens were praising God. The angels were praising God. Last night, the moon was praising God. And the stars are praising God. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. 
Give me the next verses, if you will. Let's just move on. The Bible says, like an orchestra, praise Him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Next verse, number 7. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. Fire and hail, snow and cloud, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars. Keep going. Next verse, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, all men and children. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Next verse if you will. For His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. And He has exalted the horn or the strength of His people. The praise of all His saints of the children of Israel. Oh, people come near to Him. Praise the Lord. I didn't ask them to put it on the screen. Look in your Bible, Psalm 149. Cheryl, if you can find it, I apologize for the last minute notice. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Oh, (laughs) there's a song that says, I don't know what you came to do. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. You are not looking at a preacher who follows three songs and has three points and a poem and we're going home. You're looking at a preacher who want to be so full of the Holy Ghost, I want to explode all over the place. I'm way ahead on my grumbling and far behind on my praising. And you ought to say amen because I've seen some of you and you look like you had lemon juice for breakfast without any sugar. We're ahead on my griping and complaining and finding fault. And some of you already found fault with this sermon. And I, but I'm far behind on saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm not six foot under looking up out of a casket. I'm above the ground. I got seeing in my eyes. I got hearing in my ears. Give me a little volume. I got beating in my heart. I got touching in my fingers. I got dancing in my feet. I'm alive and God's alive. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Put your hands together whether you feel like it or not. And praise God. Yes. Yeah. Psalm 149 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And His praise in the assembly of the saints. First do let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name with the dance. Let them sing praises to Him with the timbrel and harp. 
For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Mm, Let me say this to you. You ain't supposed to be joyful in glory alone. I'm just waiting when I get to glory so I can have a what glory? No. Down here is practice for when you get to glory. <laughs> oh my, I got a series going on here. L- l- verse 5, verse 5. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Sometimes I get up in the night and I don't, can't go back to sleep. Right laying beside Valerie, it'd be 3 o'clock in the morning. And I, I do, I say, do you want me to sing to you, honey? <laughs> you know, not everybody's on the same page with you at 3 o'clock in the <laughs> We've been married 34 years, and ain't ain't been the first time that she's ever said, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) You know, when you lay your head on your pillow, you think about the day. And if you think about the negative things of the days, you don't feel like praising God when you lay your head. And you think, I didn't get it done today, and I probably have to face it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, when you're a leader, you got it coming to you. When you're a leader, you better be sure you better be ready for the praise. And you better be ready for the <laughs> pout. I could be up here preaching and my, I could feel so elated and my, my head's big. You know, somebody says if you praise him and you give him a lot of bragging, don't brag on him and just make his head big. I won't tell you about being a preacher. And working with people sometimes. My head can be big right here. By the time I hit that back door, somebody say something to me and that, that balloon head just, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, my wife in her role as a school principal, she got some mad mama or daddy coming to see her tomorrow. They made an appointment with Dr. Matura. That's my wife. She, she has a doctorate. Yes, and I'm glad she does. I don't have mine. I need help. And I got to be careful here because some of you, you have children going to her school, so I need to be careful. <laughs> but if I get really annoyed, I'm going to have you stand up. <laughs> and she's thinking like I'm thinking, oh, God, I got to face that tomorrow. And God, praise doesn't mean that you deny reality. Praise doesn't mean that you got to go to the doctor tomorrow and the spot on the x-ray may be analyzed and may not be good. Praise doesn't mean that you ignore that you've been sick or that your marriage may have a stormy place in it or your children are experimenting with drugs or alcohol or promiscuous sex. Praise doesn't deny reality, but praise praises in spite of reality. Yeah. In spite of the fact that I didn't want to have to go to court tomorrow and I didn't want to have to go through this separation, but I'm going to praise God anyhow. I don't want them to foreclose on my house and I'll do everything I can to keep them from foreclosing on my house, but I am going to lay my head on my pillow tonight and I am going to say, God, you said casting all my cares upon you because you care for me. The Bible says if God takes care of the lily of the fields, can I get an amen? If God feeds the bird of the air, 
hair. If God knows the number of hair on our head, He knows your social security number. He knows your bank number. He Any other number. He got your cell phone number. He knows everything. If God cares about the animals, some birds who fall to their death and no human knows, the Bible says if He cares about them, how much more does God care about His own? So you ought to lay your head on your pillow and say, I'm going to sleep like a baby and God's going to wake me up. Next verse. The Bible says, let the high praises be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hands. I'll preach about that next Sunday. Keep going. Go, go ahead. Good next verse. To execute vengeance on the nation and punishment on the people because praising God will take care of your enemies. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in verse 8, to bind up their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron to execute on them the written judgment. Dishonor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Oh, mama, it's amazing what praising God can do. Take me back to the slide with the title of this message. And let me, let me see if I can get past the introduction. I've come to know what praise can do in a lot of things. But let me just highlight a few. Uh, Cheryl, to the slide that says, what is praise and worship? What is all this business about praise and worship? Well, the Bible tells us about this business of breakthrough power with God, that it involves worshiping God and praising God. Worship is how we esteem God. It is the attitude of adoration in our hearts to God. It's a value of Him. Wow. When I think about all the times He has forgiven me, When I think about all the times he's given me a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifty chance, and ain't none of you here so righteous and divine that you didn't you didn't need a second chance. I'm not meaning to be mean. My estimation of him, my love for him, I I don't when if God's been really good, if your wife or your husband's been really good, or your boss has been really good, or your coworker's been really good, you don't want to abuse that. Worship worship and worship can be private. It's the estimation. It's worship can be silent for a little bit. But praise, praise is the articulation of that adoring heart. When I think about how he's kept me well, I have to articulate. When I think about the two daughters and two sons-in-laws that he has given us, and the world's greatest grandson who had a birthday this past Tuesday, age three. I hadn't thought about including him in the sermon. I had to put him on the picture. I want to articulate. I don't want to just sit down and be quiet. I have to articulate it. You know, something. You see, so so while worship can be silent, praise never is. Uh, look at this with me, would you please? Worship is private. It's the source of our praise. 
when I think about it. Lord, you've, you've helped me to get an education. I was 11 years old when I came to America in 1968. I went to middle school. I went to high school. Our family moved from, from Laurenburg, North Carolina to Greenville, South Carolina. I graduated high school from Malden, South Carolina in 1975. I was blessed then to be called to preach at age 19. And I attended what is then Lee College, now Lee University. And I, by the way, did you all see the inauguration of the president this past Monday? Oh, there were a lot of awesome things happening at the inauguration, but one of which there was a choir that is known as the Lee University Singers. They were on the grandstands right behind the president. Anybody see them? That's our Church of God, Lee University Choir from Cleveland, Tennessee, singing for the whole world. You ought to give a Lord thanks for a Christian Holy Ghost feel. Jesus is Lord College that gets invited. Oh, hallelujah. When I think about God helping me to go to college, met the most beautiful Georgia peach I've ever had in my life, little southern belle by the name of Valerie Gann, now Matura, and we got married in 78. I went and got a degree from Georgia State University, and then after that we, we ministered for three years in Georgia, about 19 months in South Carolina. I think I have to articulate my praise. God called me to be a pastor, and I came to preach at what was Peachtree City Church of God in 19. 1985, January, three miles down the road from here, it is now Church of the Nazarene. I came to preach in 1985, and I became the pastor in 1985 in March. And when I think about how God has paid all of our bills, and I think about how God, I never had a staff. I didn't know what a staff was. Back then, beepers were the most popular means of community. I didn't even have a beeper or a bleeper. I had neither one. When the grass needed cutting, I'd cut it sometimes, and others would help. When the toilet needed cleaning, I'd clean it sometime and somebody, but oh, how God's blessed us. When I think about when I prayed over the years, God send me white people and send me black people and send me Indian people and send me some Hispanic people and send me some Jamaican and some Trinidadian and some African. I want you to send me red, yellow, black, white, brown, whatever heaven's going to look like. I want South Metro Ministries to look like heaven. And here you are. You think I'm going to shut up? You think I'm going to be quiet after God has sent you and blessed us and built His church? I got to articulate some of my praise, and so do you. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, as an introduction, I've been by some of your bedside in ICU. Some of you, when you were not given long to live. Some of you, some of your children, I've been there. You were on a respirator, a breathing machine. Your heart rate wasn't good. They life flighted a few of you from your point of accident to the point in the hospital. Oh, but somebody sent out a prayer request. And somebody else prayed. And somebody came down and got anointed for you or your son or your marriage. I've been by some of you when you were going through hell on earth. When there was unfaithfulness in your marriage and he or she cheated on you. But oh, you held on to God. I've been by some of you when you lost your job and you were hoping to retire from that job. And you thought, I'll never get another one like it. Only to have God close that door and bless you now with a blessing that there's not room to contain. I've been by... 
been to jail. I've been visiting some folks in jail. Matter of fact, might have visited a few of you. I, I, I visited a few folks in jail. But the problem about me visiting in jail is because I look like a criminal. And when I tell them I'm just visiting, they say, yeah, everybody else in here said they're visiting. Go back to your cell. Now, so that's why Pastor, that's why Pastor Darrell goes now. And, and, and so we, uh, we let him go visit the jail. My point is, I, I can go and tell you, every one of you have a story to praise God over. Don't be sitting here looking like gloom, despair, agony on me kind of stuff. Nothing drives away your pains any better than praising God. You can worship silently, but you can never praise silently. You go to see the Falcons play. Well, sorry. Next year. You go to see the Braves play. Get your peanuts, cracker jacks, and whatever else. You think, they don't, when I get to preaching, I have me a hallelujah time. When I go to the ball game, you think I'm sitting there, what if my members are looking? And I, I'm not dignified. Just have my popcorn, little stroll in my coat. Shoot. I paid my money. I'm wearing the shirt. When you are pulling for your favorite team, you are not a fan if you're just sitting there going. You take a needed seat. Go in the parking lot. Do that. Send me somebody here who got a little dance in them, a little shout in them, a little go Braves in them, a little go Falcons in them. Well, I'm not too comfortable with you Pentecostals. You don't have any problem with surround sound and, and, and your living room when, when Tom Cruise is shooting up a whole town and James Bond is running off with everybody. Well, okay. I better be careful. I like James Bond. Turn up the volume. Man, some of you leave the parking lot today and your car is shaking. You ain't seeming to have no problem with some subwoofers and woofers. We come here after all God's done for us. You mean he going to ask that choir to sing that again? You mean that he going to ask Pastor Chad to play that again? I'm going to tell you, every once in a while, you can't tell this about me, but I get a mean streak in me, boy. And if I know it makes you mad, I'm going to have him do it ten times. Because it, I didn't come here to dance for you. I didn't come here to preach to you. I didn't come here to blow your whistle or ring your bell or light your fire. Thank you for what you've done for me, but you didn't die for me. You didn't forgive my sins. You didn't heal my children. And I didn't do it for you either. So I don't want to get so cocky. It ain't about me or whether I'm running hot or cold. And this ain't Disney World or Six Flags where you done went and paid for your ticket and I'm supposed to entertain you. This is not about we being the audience. God is the audience. God is the object of our affection. God is the one worthy of our praise. So whether the song is fast or slow, whether the preacher is hot or cold, whether the choir is on fire or they're not, God! 
God is the reason why we praise. Because He will give us the breakthrough. Give the Lord some praise, somebody. <laughs> Point number one. Praise secures God's presence. You ever needed for God to show up in some stuff in your life? I don't want you to send the angel, God. I'm glad for the angel, but I need you. Huh? Thank you, Lord, for my mama. But she's with you now. I need you. You ever been in a, you know what I'm talking about if I say, a proverbial pickle? A bind? A tight place all of us have. Where we need the presence of God. Because if it doesn't come, the mental fear, the emotional trauma. Fear is paralyzing. I have had few times in my life when I've had panic attacks. Few. But they were so distinct, Ellen. I knew when they were and what it was happening. I have had, I have had times, wow, when I was terrified. For, uh, and, and I thought, why? I've had occasions, and one occasion in particular, in a hotel room, awaiting a meeting the next day, church-related meeting. Where for... And I shared this maybe last year for about two hours from about three to five in the morning. I had been in that hotel before. I had stayed in that facility before. Usually, folks, I, I'm a light sleeper. But when I, when I sleep, I, I, I never worry about anything. Or try not to. Unless the devil brings something up. For, 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 for that, I was paralyzed. And there was not like a place that was dangerous. So I... And I needed God to show up. I had thoughts about being hurt, somebody intruding, somebody killing me. It was an attack of demons on my mind. There was no immediate danger. But it got in my head and it got to spinning. And I needed the presence of God. I got so alarmed. I put on some clothes and I went to the lobby downstairs thinking, well, that will distract me. I'll take my Bible and read it. Got to the lobby downstairs. It's about 4 o'clock in the morning and even the guy at the desk was sleeping in another room. <laughs> yeah. And when I got down there, he got out and opened the door. Can I help you, sir? And I said, no, I just want to spend a little time here reading and all. What I really want to say is, I'm scared to death. Come sit over here with me and see... <laughs> And I took my Bible and I started reading it, Pastor Darrell. And the more I read, the more faith built up. The more I read, the more foolish I felt that I gave the devil an extra minute. Can I, the Bible says the Lord inhabits. The Lord dwells in the praises of his people. Can I get a witness here? And the more I read, the more authority came on me. The more boldness came on me. The more... The more Devil under my feet attitude than over my head. Sometimes, listen to me. Sometimes you've got to lay your hand on your own head. Your greatest battle is between your ears. You all didn't hear me. Your greatest battleground is between your ears called your mind. 
And you've got to bring your mind under captivity to the Word of God. I got up out of that chair. I went back to my room. I got on my sleeping gear, turned the light off, and said, Goodbye and good night, devil. The presence of God by praising God. I got, I got to hurry and tell you. That there is a place, and I'll try to wrap it up. There is a place in the Old Testament, in the book of Chronicles. Maybe it's the next verse. And I'm going to try to wrap it up here. So don't go into your quiet kind of, well, it's time to die. Because it's time to rejoice in a moment. The temple of God had just been completed. Construction finished. David's son Solomon finished. Started and finished it. Because for hundreds of years prior to that, God had no permanent dwelling place edifice among the people. For 400 years, 430 years in Egypt, while the people of God were slaves, they worshipped God, but they had no temple, facility, tools of worship, house of worship, table of worship, showbread of worship, candle stand of worship, holy of holies, ark of the covenant worship. But oh, Solomon built it. And the Bible says... it. it it puts it this way. At the day of dedication. No, no, let me see if I can. When, the, when all of Israel that were given an invitation weeks and months prior to the dedication ceremony of the temple that would take probably a week or a month. They had waited so long for a house for God. For a place, for a permanent place for the Ark of the Covenant. Because you know the Ark of the Covenant... Wherever it was, it symbolized the presence of God among the people. Isn't that what the Bible says? And God said that He would meet with His people, the high priest and the spiritual leaders that He appointed. When they would come into the most holy place, the most holy place in the tabernacle. When there was a tabernacle, it was temporary. But in the most holy place, only the high priest of God could go into the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, but once a year. And there God would meet with him at the mercy seat, which was the lid for the Ark of the Covenant. And on that lid engraved in gold were two seraphims facing each other. God would meet there. The dedication day came for the temple. And people of all locations came to celebrate. The Bible says in verse chapter, chapter 5 of Second Chronicles, verse 13, Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good. Everybody say, for he is good. Everybody say, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Next verse. 
It was so full, the house, with a cloud that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord fill the house of God. Oh, listen to me. Wouldn't it be great that we come here to worship God some days? And our praise is so genuine, so real. I don't have to pump you up. The choir don't have to pump you up. Your neighbor don't. But the praise is so rich. The music is playing. The choir is singing. The horns are blowing. The guitar is playing. The saints of God are worshiping God. And the praise is so powerful until a cloud, like a fog, that doesn't make you allergic or cough. But a cloud doesn't just come above the church, but it comes in this place until it's so thick that we're not scared of it. We're not worried about anything uh, fearful. But the cloud is so thick until we can't even go on with the order of service. We can't go on with the next level of another song or the offering or, or something else because the power, the anointing, the glory of God is here. Water is running down our cheeks because our hearts are stirred. Our hands go up without having to be asked. We stand up up to our feet because God is in the house and it seems like we don't want to leave this atmosphere. We don't care what they're serving at the Golden Corral or, or Charlie's. We don't care what movie is coming on after we go home. We don't care about getting a Sunday nap. God is in the house and God shows up and we don't even have to have a sermon because the glory of God. I wish you'd stand up and I wish you'd begin to praise Him with hands raised up. I wish you'd raise your hands, raise your voice. I wish you'd get through stretching and say, God, my time is your time. My future belongs to you. My body is your temple. Come on, raise your voice. Raise your hands. Articulate. Come on, praise Him. In the name of the Lord. Come on, I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to beg you. I, I, I beseech you. Praise Him with hands lifted. Praise Him with mouth open out loud. Praise Him oh, with... Oh, come on. Come on. Thank Him. I don't have to tell you. You have your own story. But if you want the presence of God in your life, praise Him now. I want some of you to leave the chair and come to the altar and praise the Lord. I want, I want as many of you that can leave your chair and come and lift up your hand. And I don't care if you don't get all the way to the front. I want the choir to raise your hands. I want the elders to raise your hands. I want the ushers to raise your hands. I want the praise team. I, I want the parking people. I want mamas and daddies. No singing just yet. Just play it. I want you to raise up your hands. Let the cloud come down. Let the cloud come down. Let the cloud. I want you to have a don't care. I don't care. I don't care about you, devil. Come on, come on. There are a thousand things we 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 need to thank God for, but if all you can think about is one. Oh God, I join with the birds. I join with the trees. 
I join with the oceans. I join with the sun and the moon and the star to declare my thanks to you. Oh God, I need your presence. If you need his presence in your marriage, praise him. If you need his, your, his presence in your finances, praise him. If you need forgiveness of sins, ask God to forgive you. If you need to be forgiven, deliverance from sin, say, God, I'm sorry that I failed you. Forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I now want to praise you. Come on, praise Him. You might even wave your hands a little bit. Come on, take a little motion. Wave a little praise to the Lord. Move those arms a little bit. Come on, get a little bit excited about the Holy Ghost. Come on, those of you in the altar, don't worry about anybody around you. If you came down here to this altar, it's you and God and God and you. If you have the gift of tongues and God gives you the utterance, praise Him in tongues. Praise Him in English. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Now sing. Don't stop praising. You, I, you're not running out of time and we're not running late. I just, if you really want God, you don't need me to pump you. You praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. The Bible says sing a song unto the Lord. So you'll be praising if you sing. The Bible says dance before the Lord. So if He gives you a dance... Go ahead, go ahead. I praise you, Lord. Somebody say it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.